Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of It's Everything. Here with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. Uh, we are the weekly Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show. And we are here, and it's after July 4th. We are a week after your July 4th celebration when America celebrated 22, 24 years, 240 years of independence. Isn't that amazing? We're still just a baby, a baby country in the whole scheme of it all. But, um, you know, it was a wonderful time, I hope, for everyone and the barbecues and picnics and all that kind of wonderful stuff. Um, but now it's time to, for us anyway, here to get to business. And I've got a great show. Got a great show for you. Didn't hold anything back just because we have celebrated over uh, the uh, week. But um, I've got some great guests with uh, with us. And I'm not going to hold off with our first set. We've got two. I, and how I got both of these two together is beyond me because they're crazier than crazy can be. So I can only imagine what this is going to be like. It's going to be off the chain. So be ready for the this um, for sure. But I, I know I may be speaking Greek to most of you young gay people out there in the scene of San Francisco or maybe even across the world, but I doubt it. I think it's probably just primarily here. When I, when I say that the drag icons Joey Arias and Sherry Vine from New York are actually coming back to San Francisco together. Uh, it's been a while. It's been actually about, what, five years since they've both been here doing a show together, since they are just as prolific as individual performers as they are together. So it's been five years since they've been back in San Francisco, and I have them here on the show today because we're going to talk about that visit um, here as they will uh, gear up to be um, on the stage at Oasis on July the 16th and July the 17th. Um, and of course, if you want more information about that, you're going to go to sfoasis.com. But I'm not going to hold you to remember that because I will mention it again before I'm off the air with them. But you have to thank your lucky stars. And I definitely thank my lucky stars that we are actually having these two back in San Francisco because a show is exactly what you will be getting. And like I said, I think we actually have Joey and Sherry on the phone. Hey, baby, it's Sherry Vine here. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? It's fine. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time. Joey Arias. Now, who am I talking to? <laughs> Hi, Joey. How are you doing? It's uh, fine, thank you. I'm, actually, I can believe it. I'm watching some like it hot right now. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. How appropriate is that? That is amazing. That's like Sherry and I. That's, I know. That's right? our story of our life. Some like it hot. You know, traveling across the world. Joseph, Josephine and Daphne. You know, traveling across the world, suitcases full of drag. There you go. You know. Right. women looking for a horn to blow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's, it's kind of weird, you know. It's been a long time since you guys have been in San Francisco as you are coming back 
here in the middle of the month. Together. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... What, what, what's taking you so long? Well, Sherry, what's Sherry? Go ahead, girl. Well, I've been there... You know, Joey and I just have been, like, uh, both doing so many other things. I've been to San Francisco... I was just there uh, a couple months. I don't know. I was there within the past six months with Jackie B. Um, and then I was there a year ago doing my solo show. So I've already done Oasis twice. Um, but Joey and I just haven't done anything, you know... I was doing my thing, and she's done a couple shows out there on her own. And so we literally had just talked, like, uh, maybe a month ago. We were like, girl, it's been so long. we got to do something together. And Joey was like, yeah, we have to. And we started putting the word out in New York. And literally, heck, Nina calls out of the blue. And she's like, oh, my God, I was, what, you know, what can I do to get you guys out here without paying, of course? You know, <laughs> So it's up to Joe and like, let's go. And exactly. The last time I was there was at the, the Great American Music Hall doing the Billy Holiday concert yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that the, and the thing is that we're losing so many, and, and places across the country are, but we're losing so many, you know, different venues where, you know, there are live performances, you know, you both singing and, and doing and doing your thing. Yes. And then Oasis, you know, pops up. Uh, they'll be celebrating their two-year anniversary this come this January. And, uh, wow. you know, and it's provided, you know, uh, acts such as yours to go on. So this will be the first time that you together will have right. at Oasis. And, you know, Sherry, you've done it already, but this will be your first time, um, um, Joey, at Oasis? Yes, it will be my first time. Now, this, this particular show that you guys are bringing uh, July 15th and 16th is called Looking Back to the Future. And I could you know, at the future. Uh, at the future, excuse me. So what? You know, I can think of a lot of things uh, with that. What? What? What's kind of the premise of this? This title. What can we kind of expect? Well, we just kind of like we're playing around. Uh, we did that show, not exactly the same, but the same title. We did it in New York. Like it's been over two and a half years now, and uh, we were just playing around with like you know having a one toe in the past because we. We have so much history together, mm-hmm. but we're in the present right now, recreating it, and we're kind of got a little eye on the future, like where we're going next. Joey and I are both cut from the same cloth that we're show, we are show horses. Like, it's always been about performing more than it is about money. Of course, you know, we got to pay rent. We want to get paid, but I'm just saying, we would perform even if we had to perform for free. We're mm-hmm. show girls. Mm-hmm. And right. so it's like this whole feeling of like, We've been performing together now for 23 years. Oh, my God. And so it's like this whole past, this history, and there's like our theme song, Sisters, we've been singing together for 23 years. But, you know, we always do it. If we didn't do it, people would be upset. And it's always kind of like, okay, how do we bring that into the future, into the present, from the past, and reinvent it or whatever? So it's kind of like... Keeping, like I said, it's all about the present in the moment, but with a little toe in the past and one little pinky in the future. Well, Joey, you know, you guys, Sherry says 23 years that you've been performing together, you know, different shows, not only here in the U.S., but across the across the globe. And, you know, even though you both do sing, you do definitely have, you know, distinct styles in what you do. It's not... You know, uh, it complements, but you, you, they are different. How, how has that been, you know, with you guys? Uh, it's it's kind of like if I were to look at you guys separately, which I do, you would almost think that.
Oh, that wouldn't be a combo. How has that worked for so many years? Well, because it's friendship and mm -hmm. you know, I respect and love what Sherry does. And uh, it's like giving each other uh, an open uh, field to work in. You know, it's like Sherry presents herself and I present myself and we respect each other's, uh, you know, uh, our situations of like choices of music and costuming and attitude and and and, and that we're having and the, and the big clue word is fun. Mm -hmm. We're having fun doing this mm -hmm. and we're laughing all the time and just it's so great. There's no competition. Yeah, it's like just we're just you know both like enjoying each other's company and and uh, it's not like who sings better, who dresses better, whose makeup's better. It's about complimentary mm -hmm. and just really, it, it really it shows that really, you know, friendship and fun really comes through bright on this. Yeah, I see the title, you know, like, you know, Joey, you and your Billie Holiday and your, and your, your interpretations of songs vary from the, the old school jazz era that, that, that many people now don't get to hear much of anymore. It's almost every time that I've seen you do a show, you've introduced so many young people in our community to something totally new for them. And then, you know, I look at Sherry, who's always up to date on the latest, you know, pop thing to do a parody on. You know, definitely, you're definitely in the present. So I see this future thing as being the combination of the two. Right, which is perfect. So, so, so when you do another interview, when you do another interview, use my description. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will. It's called Gillette Razor. <laughs> I'd love that you brought that up because I've had that conversation before, you know, with many people, even the owner of uh, Bardo and Indochine, where we do the Bardo reunion every year now, John Mark. It's always like, it, it, on paper, it doesn't seem like it would work, mm -hmm. Joey. And it just doesn't. But for, it just really, I think that when we do, like, she does her thing and I do my thing. But then when we do a duet together, it's kind of a marriage of the two sensibilities. Mm -hmm. And Joey is obviously a, you know, it's jazz that kind of thing and I'm not but I feel like okay, I have to step up to that and then sometimes we do a parody or something silly together and Joey maybe steps out of her box and for some reason we kind of can meet each other and find the spot that works but you're right like it doesn't something like me and Jackie that makes sense on right. paper two old two, two old queens singing about poop right but right. Then, <laughs> sometimes then I feel like you know, after an hour of that, is that, like, enough? Like, the audience is saying, okay, I've had enough of the parodies. So, the Joey, it, it really does, like, it's like, why does that work? And, but it just, it just does, and I really do agree that it's this immense love and respect for each other that just, yeah. like, sometimes she's singing, and I'm looking at her, I'm like, I've, after 23 years, I've never seen this person. Who is mm -hmm. this right mm -hmm. now? She's giving me something completely new, and I'm just going to follow her and go along for the ride. Right. Call Sherry the, the first lady of Broadway, because she's got this beautiful, big Broadway voice mm -hmm. also, mm -hmm. which works you know, in, the, in the pop realm also, which is amazing. Right, right. And so I'm, I'm very impressed by that. Like, there's one song that I always love, and I know she doesn't do it all the time, but it's called Black Coffee. Mm -hmm. oh. And she can say that over and over, and I'm sitting there with my mouth open up listening to her sing it over. It's, like, amazing. Well, I might have to do that in San Francisco. 
Well, now we know exactly what you're going to do, Sherry, in San Francisco to a little bit. But we're going to hold on to all of that information because we're going to take a real quick break, pay a little bills, and then we're going to come back, go out there with Sherry Vine and Joey Arias, who will be here at Oasis on July the 16th and 17th for a show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm so glad that you out there stayed with us for uh, the show. And if you're absolutely new um, and just tuning in and you missed the first segment, well, I'll have to welcome you on in as well because you are in for a treat. I am here in the studio on the phone speaking with Sherry Vine and Joey Arias. The fact that we're even talking about... Um, you guys doing careers that have lasted over 20 years in, in, in drag in, at, the, at the level that you guys perform. You know what I'm saying? You know, you've performed across the world. And, um, and, and there's this generation now who are coming into dra- uh, our appreciation of drag as they see it on RuPaul's Drag Race, which, which to me is so different from you know where from from the school that you all come from 
And um, right. it's kind of neat to see that even with that change of perception, I guess is the best way for me to put it, of what drag is or what uh, the audiences of today may expect from their drag performers, to see you all still doing it and still packing houses, you know what I'm saying? And still getting people yes. to, to buy a ticket and still having fun, and they're still having fun. Um, how, how, how has kind of that the last, you know, decade been with you all, seeing some of the changes with our new kids and the kind of drag they seem to um, gravitate to versus kind of the old school that you guys are doing and still doing well and still doing strong? But how, how have you guys yeah, looked I mean, at that? To be perfectly honest, I mean, I'm not even going to like lie, to be perfectly honest, it definitely affected me because I still work a lot and make my living working in gay bars. Mm -hmm. It's gotten a lot more, and I think Jackie and Barla, some of the other queens my age will agree, that it's gotten a lot harder to kind of... um, uh, keep those gigs coming because most of the venues just want RuPaul's Drag Race Queen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's been challenging, but at the same time, it's not like I'm resentful or anything. Half those queens who want to show are friends, very good friends of mine. So, uh, I'm very happy for them. But it's kind of made me, like, try to invent new things, which is why doing more cabaret, the theater stuff I do in L.A. with Jackie, it's like, okay, I don't really want to be performing at 2 o'clock in the morning anymore, so this is good. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're TV stars, and some of them are just so deserve it completely. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But it is sometimes, you know, like if I start to feel like, like, oh, gosh, I wish I was, you know, making $4,000 a gig, and I was a TV star, and people were waiting in line to take my picture. Mm-hmm. But then I think, okay, you know what? Will that person be doing this in 25 years and mm-hmm. it's like okay longevity counts for something yeah right yeah what, what about you Jerry it's like reality stars it's yeah. like everybody's into reality shows reality stars RuPaul brought drag into the forefront and, and, and made this reality show so and all the young kids are watching that mm-hmm. and so they don't go out like they used to like well, you, well we're doing our thing but we kind of like locked in a position in our lives that puts I, I hate to use the word legendary but that we secured our poor, our, our part in drag history and mm-hmm. and theater and shows that you know we're not like newcomers are like trying to get to that show or whatever but you know the people will come and uh, it's like Sherry said it's true that they all want to see these RuPaul drag girls and they're offering reality TV and and whether they sing or not they, they look gorgeous and cute and whatever mm-hmm. and uh, like Sherry says Let's see where they're at in 25 years, right. you know? <laughs> I, I kind of, I, I agree with what both of you guys are saying there. Now, you guys are talking about the future in this title of, of looking back at the future. Um, 
Joey, what are what are what is on your plate coming forward? I mean, you've been doing you know the, you've been doing theater venues for eons and performing, like you said, Great America American House Theater here. But you've been doing you know you've been doing the theater thing, which outside of the, uh, Sherry mentioned the bars. You've, you've been going outside of it for many years. You know, you've done so much stuff in that realm. What what's in, what's in what's going on with you? You know, coming up uh, in the near future. Well, I would say that. Hopefully, Sherry and I are going to continue on doing our shows together. I think there's going to be a new blast in that, a new firecracker in that realm, which I'm looking forward to because we're working actually some new songs together. Yay! And I'm, and I'm working on a children's show. Oh! And and it's all about gay culture and respecting who people are. I can't say too much, but doing that and. Mm-hmm. And uh, recording, you know, a few other things that I won't talk about, but there's little things on the plate that I'm working on that have been writing and a book. Gosh, Gosh, you are. Look at you. Look at you. And Sherry, I know you... you know, just are still doing your parodies. You know, we all remember, of course, the uh, shit my pants, and 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 that was the big the big one there. I think it's got about almost six million views on your original post, and you know, it's got other posts out there going on. But, yeah. Um, but you also launched your own um, internet TV um, network. Yes, it's uh, crazy that we did this, but we did. <laughs> um, <laughs> a new video every single day yeah and you know we got some big stuff like this summer we just like had to slow down a little bit but then in the September we planned some new shows and um, going to try to turn the volume up a little bit so uh, hopefully that's we've committed to doing it for a year so okay. we're going to do it for a year and then kind of see where it's at but wow. it's very exciting and it's doing well YouTube has been very supportive and kind of responsive and um, and then also trying to do stuff with Jackie. Jackie and I are doing a couple. We're, next week I'm flying to L.A. to shoot. We wrote a parody of Ghostbusters. <laughs> and we're trying to time it with the release of the new movie. So I'm going to L.A. next week to shoot the video. And that's going to be hilarious. Well, yeah. well, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, you've always, you've been on that, on the Internet or the YouTube thing. For a long time now. Well, I just think it's kind of ironic to me that that is now, you know, YouTube is is now almost kind of like that Netflix. Uh, you know, it's it's you know you've got people creating series on YouTube, not on any other type of their own channels, their own networks like that. And and it's kind of great. I think you you should be that one that is creating a network full of uh, um, content because you were there when really nobody else was there. You know what I mean? Uh, well, thank you. It's true. Sherry's like, I just think, if I know anybody, just, I mean, Sherry works as one of the hardest working people I've known mm-hmm. literally and it's like you like who works the hardest Sherry Vine mm-hmm. Sherry Vine is like on the road here there there there, there. four shows a night no 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 so and so it's amazing yeah I agree I, I'm just blown away by her energy and the content that she's putting out and uh, 
you know, it's it, it, it's paying off. It's, it should pay off. Also, somehow, in a different way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Well, you know. You don't like, have me doing this like, on like, 23 you know, years. Is that what you're saying? Girls and stuff, but, but I don't see those girls. You know, the only one I can see them doing it is like Bianca Del Rio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of all those girls, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But Sherry Vine's been the one doing it. Doing it yeah. all the time. Yeah, I totally and, I, I uh, agree with you. Well, I'm just so excited to have you guys back coming back. It's been a long time seeing your show. Okay, make sure you wear panties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, what's the fun in that? No. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I know nothing else. We're going to laugh our ass off. Oh, definitely. That's definitely going to happen. Uh, well, thank you. And guys. that's the one thing we share like big time is our, our, our the gift of gab. Oh Lord, of talking yes. to the audience. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. That's gonna be fun. Okay, well, ladies, right. thank you so much for spending some time. I look forward to seeing you back. Thank you so much, Scarlett. Okay. Okay, and I can't wait. Really, but fun talking to you. A real pleasure. Big okay. kisses and see you soon. Okay, baby. Well, I'm so glad to have you two um, with us, but um, I need to move on to the rest of the show. And so everyone out there, that was Sherry Vine and Joey Arias, and they will be at Oasis here on July the 16th and 17th, two shows only. And uh, you can check more for information um, and get tickets at sfoasis.com. The name of the show is Looking Back at the future and that stars the legendary sherry vine and joey Arias. so we're going to take another break and we're going to come back with our next guest which is also going to offer up some great information about a new film uh that she has done about her unusual family we'll be right back You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Like us on Facebook and share us with your friends. Find out more at Facebook.com slash Progressive Voices. Weatherford BMW is where I spend a lot of my time. I love what I do and I love the people I work with. But work's not the only thing I love. I love the everyday simple things in life, like mornings at my favorite coffee shop, taking walks with my dogs around Point Isabel and spoiling my partner for a scenic but thrilling ride. That's the beauty of living the Bay Area dream. We're just being ourselves, living our authentic life. Live your authentic life, a special message by Weatherford BMW. that was a wonderful first half that we um, had there with uh, Sherry Vine and Joey Arias, two legendary drag performers who have been doing off and on shows together for 23 years. And they'll be here again at Oasis here in San Francisco. Two shows only July 16th and July 17th. Go to ffoasis.com for more information for their show, Looking Back at the Future. It should be Hella funny. So, um, but now we're going to move into something a little bit more serious, Kenny. I'm just, you know, going to let you know since you don't know what's coming up. But it's going to be a little bit more serious. And the subject matter 
is definitely one of importance as we have been um, over the last, I would say heavily over the last five years, but really heavily over the last two years have we definitely been paying attention to the issues um, that surround the transgender community. And with that, um, there's been a far much, uh, far more visibility uh, in the media about transgender people and um, how they live and uh, the struggles that they have. And hopefully also talking about the things that they've overcome and the successes that come along with that. And this next uh, person that I have coming up on the show actually uh, did a documentary film a couple of years ago that last year played at Frameline um, here in San Francisco, um, but has definitely been all over the world at different film festivals. And the film deals with her life and her sister's life as they were growing up with a trans parent back in the 70s, so or 80s actually, but but however long, that was a long time ago when the the world knew far less than they know now about transgender gender people, n not to even mention about transgender families. And this is what this story is about, and it's called From This Day Forward is the name. And it's a documentary, but it really um, deals with uh, the two girls growing up with their uh, father who transitioned uh, during uh, their, their teen years specifically, um, as well as the love between uh, father, now Trish, and the mother, Marsha. So it's a, a love story as well. But I'm not going to talk more about the, the film. I'm going to go ahead and let the director and writer of the film, Sharon Shattuck, tell us about it. And I think we have Sharon on the phone. Hey, Bibi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you today? Thank you so much for taking the time today to um, speak about your wonderful, wonderful film from this day Thank forward. Thank you for, yeah, thanks for showing interest in doing this. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because I know in the, you know, the information that you provide um, for the piece and, you know, mentioning that, you know, this is a way to look at a different family and uh -huh. even with so much that is going on as far as the heightened awareness of transgender people and the, and the variances within that, <laughs> you know, like anything yeah. else, the, the, different, the, the different types of trans that you can even come up with in that. This is, this is uh -huh. even different than what I would even imagine as far as people being familiar with families such as that is um, presented in the, the, the show, the series Transparent, where, right. where father, you know, uh, comes out as trans later in life. And, and why I say different then is because his, his children don't know this until they're already adults and, and they're already uh -huh. living their own lives. But with your story, with you and Trisha your mom, Marsha, and your sister, um, this happened earlier on for you. And yeah. so from a perspective of children being aware of their family makeup being different from everyone else, this to me is the unique part of it. Because uh -huh. um, I, I think even people, like I said, within the trans, the LGBTQ community or whatever, this would even be interesting 
for for us to know and to see and to hear about. So that's what really sparked yeah. my interest in is because, you know, like I said, I was, you know, I've been, I, I'm aware there's people even in the community that I belong to here in San Francisco who were fathers or couples where the, the male has transitioned later in life. But like I said, it's uh-huh. after children have grown up and, and they weren't aware. Um, that's not your story. Right. Yeah, that's not your story. Mm-mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so so, so it's kind of interesting to me because I remember in the film, you know, early on in the film, you talk about um, when you were little and your father uh, was speaking to you about, and I'm not, and please correct me because I'm not sure of how you refer to Trisha or you know, <laughs> mother, father, or what have you, but um, um, who, when when he was talking to you and said that when you got married that she hoped that you would allow her mm-hmm. to wear a dress and right. it, it, what was, yeah, what was really going through your mind at that point? Cause you were how old at that time when that conversation? <laughs> I think I was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. I believe, because I was, I, I remember Trish, my dad, I still say dad, um, was dropping me off at school. Mm-hmm. Like I was in the carpool lane, you know, and I remember Trish saying that in the car mm-hmm. and then I remember thinking, well, that's never going to happen. You know, it it just felt like almost like a threat at the time. Like, I was like, hell no, I'm not getting married. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, I just, because it's, you know, it's like another, at the time, I think in middle school, it was just, everything was so hard. And like, um, I didn't want, like, I was just struggling to figure out who I was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that just felt like a whole other, like, added stress that I didn't want to deal with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, but, and then I was also going to remember, too, that you have a younger sister. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. So one thing about it is that you didn't have to kind of go be alone. And I guess, I'm sure you guys had conversations all the time. Uh, yeah. In particular, yeah. when when your sister finds the pictures, and you know that's when I think uh-huh. it sounds like that's when everything really. It looks like that's when everything really kind of started coming to a head as uh-huh. far as oh, you know, Trisha March are having to make a decision on okay, now now we really have to have this conversation with the kids. Yeah, yeah, and it was. I mean, it's crazy that like like my mom knew before mm-hmm. they got married that Trisha liked to wear women's clothing but she didn't know she thought it was like just an occasional thing and I don't think she knew the word transgender at that point mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know if Trisha knew it, that word honestly mm-hmm. um, in the 70s but like once they got married yeah like we they decided you know not to tell us and then my sister when she was really young kind of dug up these photos of, of my dad wearing women's clothing mm-hmm. and so she brought that out into the open and then my parents you know, to their credit, I think, um, decided, like, let's not make this a skeleton in the closet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. let's just be open about this. And so that's what they did, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they they just told us, like, this is who I am. My, You know, Trish said, this is who I am. This is what I, you know, how I feel about who I am. Um, and... You know, at the at that like very moment, I think we were just like, oh, okay, okay. You know, mm-hmm. it was a lot to process, and I don't think we didn't really realize um, 
we didn't get like self-conscious about it until uh, we realized that other people had issues with it. Well, also, were you still thinking in your mind, though, that this was more of a cross-dressing issue? As opposed to a gender, you know, because there is, a, yeah. I, I think if I were a child, um, um, you know, um, thinking that okay, well, I may be able to handle the fact that my dad wants to wear women's clothing. I, I may be able to handle that, mm-hmm. but we're really mm-hmm. talking about yeah. not feeling. I'm feeling as I'm a I'm a different gender. I feel like I right. I, I'm a woman, and it. I, 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 did did that come across in that earlier conversation for you? I mean, you guys are young, but did that come was that a sense of that? Okay, so I'm going to have two moms in your head, mm-hmm. or did you really just mm-hmm. think, oh, my dad's just going to wear a dress? No. Again? Yeah, I think it was more the like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. It's more the latter, you know. Like at the time, um, I don't think we really had any idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't realize that. Trisha, like my dad was going to have to come out and live as a woman full time to be mm-hmm. happy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and to not be suicidal. Like we, we just didn't know. And so when we saw that, I think we sort of similar to my mom, we thought, oh, this might just be something that happens occasionally at home, like mm-hmm. in the privacy of our home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we just, we we're so young. Like, I don't think we really, you know, we'd never been exposed to anything like that. So we had no idea what to what to know about it or what to think about it. Well, how did that affect you, know? you guys, though, with your friends and whatnot? Um, you know, it, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, like you said, you're starting to realize that other people were starting to have problems with it. So how yeah. did that affect you all with school and bringing kids home? Or Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like, um, I, like, our friends were actually really great and wonderful and, and like understanding, although we never talked about it. So my sister and I never addressed the elephant in the room with Mm -hmm. our friends when we were younger. And so we just like would completely ignore it. And people would be like, so what's going on with your dad? Like, why is your dad wearing a dress? You know, that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. we'd just be like, what? No, no, he's not. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, I think it was just this denial it was like the only way we could think to cope was just to not talk about it and completely like act like it wasn't happening Mm -hmm. um and that was just you know that was just our I don't know what we were thinking but Mm -hmm. we just weren't ready to talk about it you know and um and there wasn't like the understanding at that time like there is today you know like nobody knew anything about transgender people Mm -hmm. in the 90s and the 80s and also, um, was there then that know. confusion, though, then that, is your dad gay? Is your dad... Yeah, you know, sure. Those, All of that, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, people thought that Trish was, like, wanting to date men, and, like, I mean, it was just a whole... Like, there's a lot of confusion, and, and luckily for us, I guess, we lived in Michigan, which is, like, especially northern Michigan. It's kind of a Rural. backwoods... Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's like a small town, kind of a Norman Rockwell type town, mm-hmm. you know, um, and people just don't talk about, like, if something's awkward, they just won't address it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily, nobody was, like, uh, aggressively, like, pushing the issue with us. And, mm-hmm. and except for, I, would, I will say, except for my sister's teacher, mm-hmm. her math teacher, who, who bullied her. By, by saying, you know, he pulled her aside after class and said, I know what your dad's doing and I don't approve. Mm-hmm. 
So that was really sad and really hard to see, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the, he was the only person. I mean, I, I'm sure that there were others, but there were definitely, you know, he was definitely the one that, like, kind of stood out to me as, like, somebody who really should have known better and who... Yeah. who kind of used his position of power to bully bully yeah. us, you know, kids. Now, so when you were at, got ready to do the particular film and put this um, uh, documentary together, um, uh-huh. were, were, were you trying to tell two stories, uh, meaning yeah. yours mm. and your dad's, or really were you just trying to tell your dad's story? I mean, what what was mm. your thought process in really putting this out? Because really that is, I mean, it's two stories, really. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. you did a good job at doing that, because that's really difficult, particularly in, in an hour and 15, 20 minutes. Thank you. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> show two sides of the story, but you do that well with your Q&As and, you know, and, and your little narrative and, and stuff. So it kind of works out really well. But was that the intention at the beginning or was your focus really on just on your dad? Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was definitely, um, I think, well, when I first started out making the project in 2011, I was thinking that I would make a film about other people's families Mm -hmm. and do like a retrospective of like lots of different trans families. Mm -hmm. And so I like, I started going around the country and interviewing people. And during that process, I realized that my parents were, you know, really fun on camera and really, and funny, you know, and warm. And and I was like, maybe I should just make this about them, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's kind of where I started. And then once I started filming, um, I knew, I always knew that I wanted it to be about my parents' relationship. Mm-hmm. I really think that the film is a love story yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Cause that you know? is, and, and, and I'm glad because even me asking you questions, you know, I, I, t- I was tending to also, lead more to just you and your dad and leave out Marsha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and right. Think, yeah, it's it's interesting. Some people really gravitate towards Marsha's story and some people gravitate towards Trisha's. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think it's really about the two of them more than anything. Yeah. And it, like, you know, and it's about, it's, it's about a family also. Like it's about my sister and I in that, in that sense. And, and it's also about me getting married and kind of trying to like take, lessons from my parents relationship and mm-hmm. you know thinking about like when you commit to somebody like how does that actually work when it's like 35 years later and you're both very different from how you used to be mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's like very it's very relatable I think like everybody's relationship changes yeah. maybe not in the same way but yeah but that's a real big change <laughs> from the day Marsha married Trisha to now, but you know, hold your thoughts on, on really what um, you know put this documentary together, Sharon. Because we are going to take another brief break. You know, we got to pay those bills out there. And when we come back, we're going to delve in more into how um, the documentary from this day forward actually came together for Sharon Shattuck, Shattuck who actually is the director. But the story is about her family. Uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening.
listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side as a unified team of the best fertility specialists guided by the highest ethical standards Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back uh, from our commercial break. And we are now entering the last quarter of our show today and it's been really fun and very educational and interesting as we are now in um, an interview with the director of a wonderful film Sharon Shattuck is a director of uh, a film called From This Day Forward which is a love story but we don't see these types of love stories a lot in the media yeah. where you know when we think when I hear the phrase love is love of course, I, you know, I tend to then look at it, being a gay person, to think of it only uh-huh. in this relationship as, you know, two men, two women, you know, that type of thing, because that's what the media has thrown out to us to to think uh-huh. about in that, that sense is that it doesn't matter who you love. And so we think, oh, well, that means what you're trying to say is, you know, outside of the normal box, supposedly, of man and woman, we're talking man and man or woman and woman, but what we forget is there is also another picture that we could see with love is love and in your, your parents or, or that other picture where, you know, uh-huh. one may look at it as a woman, woman, but it's really not that it's really not that at all. Right. Their, their love was defined before the change of gender or gender identity um, at all. And that love still exists. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, very strongly. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it looks like that's what that's what the story really is is about that is because and so tell me about that time though when your when when your mom and dad were thinking about divorce and yeah, I mean, man, that was tough. I mean, they 
they announced, it was, you know, it was after this, like, rocky period where, like, Trish had first, you know, come out and started, you know, and said, like, I have to do this. I need to start transitioning or I will, you know, be suicidal. And so she did and she started to dress like a woman and everything. And, and there were, like, a couple of years where we kind of just soldiered along um, but my sister and I were having a lot of clashes with Trish at home. And mm-hmm. I think that my mom was just, I think she was really worried that being with Trish would affect us mm-hmm. in like a negative way over time, you know, mm-hmm. having a transgender parent, um, and like being around that person all the time, she worried how that would affect Laura and I. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why she made that decision initially to to divorce because she was she was worried about us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's what she wanted. Yeah, I think you know, she says later that she just realized that she couldn't she couldn't live without Trish. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's completely mutual. I think Trish feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Wow. About Marsha. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. I, I'm assuming that everyone in your family has seen the documentary. Yeah, how can they not? It's, yeah. been, it's been an entry in every <laughs> film festival in the world, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they're probably we're, we're very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> we well, had a really good run. <laughs> well, I just think, but again, getting back to what I said initially is that you know, think you know, transparent because uh, you uh-huh. started this project in 2011. When was it actually at a point where? You, you finished it and, you know, with looking for distributing it through the festival system and all of that. Yeah. Early. So last year, so like we, we got funding from the Sundance Film Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we submitted it to Sundance. We didn't get into Sundance, but we, we kind of entered the festival circuit in early 2015. Okay. So it's been, yeah, over a year on the festival circuit, and we've done, like, I mean, we did, um, we were actually at Frameline in San Francisco, yeah. and we screened at uh, the Castro, which yeah. was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so much fun. Um, and we've been, we were at, like, Outfest in L.A., and then we've done a lot of, like, mainstream festivals, which has been really interesting just to see straight, you know, cis audiences, mm-hmm. like, really respond to the movie. We actually got best film or we got the audience award at the Anchorage Film Festival mm-hmm. <laughs> like Anchorage International Film Fest which was like super random yeah. <laughs> but really cool yeah. you know well, the, but just to so, see like people respond has been really cool well that kind of correlates though in the timing as far as your um, you actually putting the film out there uh-huh. and the timing of you know trans um parent mm-hmm. going on the air right it, it, you know mm-hmm. the timing couldn't have been better i'm sure because that, i'm sure that had yeah. some interest because again it is a different look at a similar uh, situation because mm-hmm. i don't think again that the public even when thinking about this could happen and as, as i said uh-huh. i know i know a few people in my circle of of of, of acquaintances that um, families have had, you know, where the the man and woman now, woman and woman stay together and are still married. But there, and that's even more, you even think more evident of, oh. of, of a possibility of, I've been with this person so long that, uh-huh. that I can't really see anything else in this. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Um, right. Uh, yeah. But in, in your case, 
this has been was going on through the entire development of almost the entire development of your childhood. You know, yeah, mom already knowing that I married a man who dresses in women's clothing. I already know that. I don't know to what extent that this is going to be, but I I know this. And in a lot of those stories that come out where the husband is transitioned later in life, they weren't even aware. They uh-huh. weren't even aware of that. That it was always that much of a secret between you know even right now. Um, so how much do you think, though, with your mom that, you know, because her even marrying a man who dresses in women's clothing is something unusual, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, No matter sure. what degree that happens that, I'm sure a lot of, you know, so your, your mom seems to have already walked into her relationship with her husband, um, you know, with a different open-mindedness. And I just, like, where does, what is her background where is her background yeah. and her background that makes her kind of even have that open-mindedness? I don't know. I mean, she's, she, I will say she's a scientist, mm-hmm. you know, she's like a, she's a doctor. And I think that she's always had a very like open mind in that way where, where she's like, well, let's wait and see, like, what does the evidence show, you know, <laughs> and the evidence for her was in this relationship, the evidence was, Trisha's a good person and Mm -hmm. she's kind and she's a good parent, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really like what mattered most to her, Mm -hmm. you know, and this person treats me well and we get along and, you know, like, so I think in that way, I think she's just incredibly open-minded and she's always been that way. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're really lucky. I'm so lucky to have such a cool mom. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. She's really great. Well, but, but even be, but see, even beyond that, with that, in mind, like, you know, good parent, um, mm-hmm. um, good to me. Um, yeah, you know, they're they were young, you know. I'm, you know, young resident, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Where you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm a strong believer in you know, um, Maslow's theory of <laughs> of evolution, <laughs> in that you know we have these hierarchy and needs. But when those needs mm-hmm. are met, you kind of move on. And, you know, with, mm-hmm. with, with Marsha being older in life, you you and your sister, move, you know, adults now, living your lives, you know. Right. What, what are her needs that still require her to be with Trish? I think it's just love, really. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's why they're still together. Mm-hmm. Because they, they could leave, you know, obviously, like, at any time they could separate but they I don't think that they want to separate now you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I think they just they need each other in the same way that any couple needs one another yeah have you gotten um request from um any institution organizations where they mm-hmm. want to show this film to children or younger sets yeah. of people it's interesting. I mean, we haven't, we've done a few screenings. We did one with the Family Equality Council last summer at, what's it called, um, Family Week mm-hmm. out in Provincetown, Massachusetts. And um, that was pretty cool just to, to meet a bunch of other, like they call it queer spawn, mm-hmm. <laughs> like kids of LGBT parents. Um, that was really cool. And, but, you know, mostly the audiences are older or they're like adult kids or teenage kids mm-hmm. of LGBT parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been, you know, that's been good, too. Mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, we are we're doing a lot of outreach right now. We have like a whole outreach team and 
like people can go to our website and they can like request a screening if they want, you know, they can bring the film to their community. Uh, and also we're in some theaters, just a few across the country. Cause I think this is going to be more and more of what more in your day, highly unusual. But I uh-huh. think we're going to see more and more of these types of families where... Definitely. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, and we're starting to see little little bits of that now. But we're definitely going to see more and more of that as um, time goes on. And I think this is a good time to start dialogue and conversations. And, uh-huh. you know, some of the younger kids, maybe, you know, or young teens or you know, um, can look at something and get it from a, you know, listen to a perspective from another, another, you know, young, (laughs) a kid's standpoint. This is what I went through and saw my parents go through when I was your age, you know, out there. And, and, and then this is what I wanted to ask my parents. And this is what they told me, you know what I mean? And and that's kind of like what you're getting in this film is like, this is what I was going through. And this is what I asked my, so when this was happening to me, dad, what were you thinking uh-huh. or what was going on, you know? Um, and when you said that to me about me meeting Mary, what was going on with that, you know? And so this yeah. is like some of these questions that I'm sure that they have, you know? So, uh-huh. um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah, it's like, um, I think that I hope that the film helps other people and mm-hmm. helps their, you know, to, to realize, Oh, there isn't just one way to do this. You don't have to break up your family. Yeah. You know? And, and like obviously that happens still, but but yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's important to have alternatives. Right, I like that. You don't have to break up your family because that that I'm sure is what happens to many that break up. They just don't think they have any alternative. Yeah, exactly. You know, we can't live like yeah. this, so we must therefore break up. You know, um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. society has put that we can't live like this on them. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, thanks for putting this out. Thank you very much for, um, and I'm sure you've noticed there's a heightened, you know, interest in it with all the, you know, film festivals you've been in that there, you, you, you hit upon something that definitely needed to be talked about. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope it's helping, especially with, you know, HB2 and the sort of negative pushback, I think, to, to trans people being more visible. Like, it's not, you know, the whole country, there's, like, a lot of work to be done just to, like, normalize LGBTQ families, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I hope, I hope that this film helps. I think this film will help a tremendous amount. And thank you, Sharon, for, for sharing, you know, the story about your family and uh, your mom and your dad, uh, Trisha and Marsha. And um, I, I think um, it will go a long way with many people, not just um, families, but even people who don't have a family call. I think you'll learn a lot from this. And you can learn a lot very, very soon here in San Francisco because this uh, film opens, um, again, it's called From This Day Forward, opens at the Roxy Theater here in San Francisco on July the 16th. It will be playing uh, for about a week. So... Um, get on it. Get on it. You can go to www.roxy, that's R-O-X-I-E, dot com to find uh, local times, uh, listings, and uh, when you can go. And that is from this day forward. Um, the Shattuck family story, basically. That's a love story, but you'll you'll enjoy it. 
So I want to thank Sharon again, and I also want to thank um, our first guest, Joey Arias and Sherry Vine, for being on the show. Uh, they, of course, will be at Oasis on July 16th and the 17th. And I'm looking at uh, Kenny, my um, producer, and he's saying, wrap this stuff up because we got to go. And um, so I'm going to bid you all a goodbye, and hopefully you'll be with us next week. So until then, ta-ta.